following podcast is rated R. No ifs, ands, or buts. Meaning, listener discretion advised. Welcome to another edition of Two From Hell. I'm Anthony T. And I am director Andrew Durand, and as always, we are... Two From Hell. What's going on, Anthony? Good. Very good. Good, good. Getting ready for Scares That Cares weekend that happens at the end of the month. Right on. I've been um, working my ass off on my my film project. We just filmed a a teaser trailer recently, and we uh, re-released the uh, campaign, so I'm excited for that. Still trying to get this made so we can stop filming. But yeah, uh, we got a lot to talk about today, so let's um, want to just dive right in. Yes, let's dive right in with Scream Six. Mm. Now I mm. talked about this on my podcast that Nev Campbell was out of Scream Six. Now there's rumors going around that she may be back in Scream Six. At this point, it's just crazy. Yeah, uh, kind of feels like Tom Brady, right? On retiring and retiring. I don't know. I hope she's in it. I think she needs to be in it. If we're being honest, um, I think it would. Uh, it would. I mean, it would feel a little weird if we didn't have her. You know, coming off the um, the recent sequel that just came out, which was very good. Um, it would, I mean, I know she wasn't in it much, but her presence is very strong. So, um, it would be a little odd to me if she wasn't in this and I really wouldn't understand it. Like even when she came out and said that she wasn't going to be in it, I was kind of thrown off to be honest. I don't understand why, um, they wouldn't, whatever, uh, I think that if I'm not mistaken, the situation was about money, right? Yes. Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't pay her her worth. Uh, she's a very good actress. She has many credits, so I think um, they should definitely definitely figure it out and um, get her to fully commit and be a hundred percent in it. Yeah, now this is basically a rumor coming out of JoeBlow.com that she may have secretly signed for the film. Oh, okay. So it was kind of like a work. Right. I don't know if it's a work or what. But it's still, I don't need this headache. Yeah, I literally went on my latest episode on my podcast, and I talked about the whole Sasha Banks thing. Is she released? Isn't she released? Now, this is like, is Nev Campbell signed for Scream 6, or isn't she signed for Scream 6? Yeah. It's like, uh, it's ridiculous. Stop, just stop playing games. It's, it's just like a yes or no. She's going to do it or she's not going to do it. 
I don't need fucking games here. Seriously. No fucking games. Well, just let us know. I mean, th- I, I've been hearing that this this uh, scream's going to be very different from um, from others, so I don't know, man. It's supposed to be set in New York City. I did hear that, I did, which was odd. Which I, I'm, I'm going to go out and say 100% that they don't actually film in New York City. No, they're uh, because, gonna film in Vancouver most likely. Yeah, yeah, they they always do that. Um, but that's yeah, screen, screen to take place in New York City, huh? Okay. Oh, well, unless they're gonna make Gail Weathers the central character, that probably makes sense. Yeah, that I would. Yeah, that would make most sense. But um, I don't know. I don't. I hope they. I hope they bring back like, uh, is Jenna Ortega coming back? Yes, she yes. is. Excellent. She's she's great. She she um happy that she's getting to come back. All the survivors um, having... from Scream Five are coming back, with nice. the exception of Nev Campbell, who may or may not be coming back. It's a mystery. It's a mystery, which I hate. I know. I'm not fucking Scooby Doo. I'm not trying to solve a mystery. I just want to know if she's going to be in the movie or not. This is not wrestling. This is not. Yeah, this is the film business. Man. Yeah, it's the film business. Get your shit together. Fuck. Yeah, it's just like, why do they have to fucking do this? Seriously. First of all, why did Nev Kimmel go out at a convention and tell everyone she wasn't doing this film? That's odd. I, I heard that, the convention thing. And why would, like, why would you do that? I know. Like, usually they don't answer questions like that, you know? I don't know. It's fucking, that's strange. I was expecting a different Scream film. Because I'm under the belief that this thing needs to go in a different direction. To yeah. evolve. You can't have the same legacy characters in every film. Yeah. Even the new one, it felt very uh, copy and paste. But, I mean... Maybe it worked they, well. It did work well. I, I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. Um, but um, I want to see him do a, uh, something a little different with it. And um, he, he, I want to see him take a risk and... Well, I've heard rumors Radio Silence have said they're taking risks with this one, so... All right, well, we'll see. This, that's, that's, that's good. Because uh, I've heard rumors of a cliffhanger ending that will lead to seven, which... This comes out next year, right? Yeah, this comes out next year. So I, I, I knew it was, um, it was coming out soon, if there's so much talk about it. You know, um, I don't know. Man. I'm just hoping she does come back, and I'm hoping it's it's good. Like I said, I did enjoy the other one. I wanna um, I wanna be happy with that. I think Scream's a uh, amazing franchise, and um, Blumhouse actually. I was watching an interview with um, uh, Ryan Turk, and um, he was saying how he offered he put an offer out uh, to buy Scream because he wanted it, and they um, kind of just laughed at him. So. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah, we're not going to give you that. Fucking Blumhouse owns everything. Why don't we talk about another film that's supposed to be coming out next year? Now, I did not tell you about this in the open, but I just found out, like, maybe, like, an hour before we record. All right. Surprise. Yes. It's probably one of the best movies released from last year. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, yeah, I that um the other day on um my facebook uh yeah the ghostbusters coming out uh christmas time yes yeah that i'm 
I was pretty excited when I seen that. I was actually, uh, my wife, I seen it, and then my wife ended up pointing it out to me, and I was like, ah, yes. I was, and I knew, we watched um, we watched Ghostbusters together, me and you. Um, so, like, the end, when we watched the end, we were like, we knew, <laughs> we looked at each other, and we were like, yes, there's going to be a sequel to this. <laughs> and yes, we're going back to New York. Yes, 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 that's awesome. We're going to get out of the, uh, the little farmland. And Which is cool. good. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Because I really, really enjoyed the last Ghostbusters. I thought it was really good. As the film's going to return to its firehouse setting. Mm. Very excited about that. Um, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be awesome. I, I, Ghostbuster films are just you get like this awesome, awesome nostalgic feeling watching them. And when they released the last one. Um, FYE, a store in the mall. I don't know if everybody has those, but um, we do around here. Um, they released uh, Ghostbusters Ecto Cooler drinks, not the high key ones. They were in like glass bottles and they were green and they had slime. Around. They were really cool. I ended up buying two of them. They they're really good. I kept one of the bottles. So they came out with uh, Ghostbusters. It was. I appreciate when they come out with like older movies like that. You know, especially like you know, kid friendly movies like um. Ghostbusters and stuff, they release some cool stuff for it, like they had candy bars and cereal, they had cereal uh, drinks, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, if that wasn't enough, they're also playing a new animated series and animated movie. Oh, for the Ghostbusters? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Is it going all in on expanding the Ghostbusters universe as much as possible? Good for them, Ghostbusters is fun, I think they should do that. Um, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, there's been no casting announced yet for this film, but yeah. they do have a date, December 20th, yeah. 2023. So next year, I mean, I'm pretty sure they have cast in mind, they just are not going to tell us yet. But yeah, that's awesome, it's going to come out Christmas time. It was Christmas, was it December or November? Yeah, it was December, right? I don't know, there were like 10 million release date cha- changes. Yeah, I don't remember if I had seen it, it was November... Or it was December. I, I don't know. I, I thought it said December. It could be wrong. Yeah, it's like it. I could remember just that film was having ten million release date changes. That's all. Like I think the ten, last ten million other films were yeah, at think, that time. I think the last one came out in November. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So I, so yeah, I, I'd say they did probably get wrong. Even if they have to push December, that's fine. As long as it comes out in the um, you know, same. Time frame, I guess. I got to see the uh, the black phone this week. Did you get to see it? Unfortunately, not. It's very good. Um, I'll go into it briefly without uh, getting any spoilers because I know you're going to see it eventually. Eventually, yes. It was yeah. it was very good. Um, I enjoyed it. Well, there were some things I didn't like about the movie, but that was um, me just being a fucking horror fan and being very nitpicky. Um, there was really nothing to complain about. I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fucking it was what's the word i'm like it was a breath of fucking fresh air to watch now i know the black phone is is based on a short story but to see like a new horror film come out and do well and it's not like a remake or anything like that is fucking refreshing and it's like finally and i've even heard it it did fucking well in the um the box office so that's awesome um yeah but the things that i found wrong with the movie like I, I i know i wanted to talk about it on this episode but when i was thinking about it i was like i don't want to ruin it because i know anthony didn't see it yet and um 
everything that I didn't like about the movie was very nitpicky. Um, the storyline I thought was great. Um, the actors and actresses were great. I, I really couldn't ask. It, it, it lived up to the hype uh, for me personally. I know it got pushed a couple times, and then I started to get worried, you know, because I was very excited when they first announced that it was coming out, and I um, seen the teasers and stuff. And I'm start, like, as I'm like going to the movie theaters, I'm starting to get nervous. I'm like, oh, you know, like, what if this movie doesn't live up to its hype, and I get fucking disappointed? And that's not what happened. I'm so I'm happy about that. And um, I, I think I showed you this yesterday that um, Blumhouse got a new intro. Which I like a lot. Yeah, uh, so what, what, I'm sitting back. So I got, I was um, watching the um, previews, and I'm like, I heard a rumor that we were going to get a Halloween teaser for the uh, Black Phone, and that's not true. Um, we did not. I was bummed. I was watching the trailers. So I was like, oh, Instead, get you get Michael Myers in the very first shot of the opening of the logo. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You do. Um, the, yeah, but the new Blumhouse uh, opener was very cool. Um, they kept it, um, I think, uh, I like it a lot more than their last one. Yeah. It's, it's very, like, um, it's very nice. It, it's the theme, obviously, it's, it's a horror theme, but it's very, like, professional, and it's, I, 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 I like it. It's better than the other one. It also highlights their history as well. Yes, yes, that's what was awesome about it. Like, um, everything they've done is in that little clip, and, yeah, I mean... A little disappointed I to get a Halloween teaser, but I didn't. I really didn't expect it. To, if we're being honest, I don't know when they're gonna release it. At that uh, point, we're probably gonna get a full trailer. Yeah, I want to say we're gonna. They're gonna release it this month, uh, July. So gonna have to release it July or August. Yeah, I was. I would definitely say we get one in July, close to rather than August, because I think for eighteen, if if I'm not mistaken, for eighteen, they release the trailer mid-July. I could be wrong, but I feel like I'm 100% right. But I don't know. Well, the Black Phone survived the weekend of death because Did you it? had Elvis and Top Gun Maverick at the oh, top of the box office. Yeah, and it's, it's amazing it got $23 million with yeah. those two films. That's awesome. Because this yeah. looked like they were just trying to throw that film away. Usually when they... Do release changes like this. They'll just try to bury the film. Like they did, did with Firestarter, basically. Oh, Firestarter. Put it yeah. with when uh, Doctor Strange came out. <laughs> it got buried. Yeah, of course. So, I was hoping that wasn't the um, the situation with the Black Phone. It wasn't. It was good. So. Yeah, at least it did well. That's very good. Yeah, that, yeah um, here's the thing. I just thought of something. What if they debuted the Halloween trailer with Jason Peele's new film? Huh. That's prob that I think that might happen. Yeah, that's uh, That's the next that major be? horror film from Blumhouse. And it comes out in July, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that could that's a possibility. That's my I'm guess. Pretty, I would be shocked if they didn't put it online first and just waited for the movie to come out. No, they're gonna probably I'm guessing it's probably going to come out when Nope comes out, which is very soon. Uh, do you know the exact uh, date for that or no? It's this month. I know that. Yeah. I'll just well, give me one second. We'll have to see. I mean, that would make sense. I, I guess um, 
the black phone. It was a little early to maybe release something. Plus, you want your tentpole film to debut a trailer with another tentpole film. Yeah. So it would make sense. July 22nd. All right. <clears throat> yeah, that seems right around the time that we would get a Halloween uh, trailer, tease or something. Yeah, I'm guessing probably July 22nd we're probably going to get a teaser for Halloween Ends. I would, yeah. I, I probably would bet money on it because you usually put trailers like that with tentpole films, and nope, is is a tentpole film for Universal Pictures. So yeah, so you know we'll see. Hopefully we get it there. Hopefully. Um. Yeah. All right. Let's uh. Before we get too far off topic, you want to dive into our um, monthly topic? Yep. This month we are talking about our top three summer horror films. Top three summer horror films. Anthony, you want to kick it off, buddy? I'm going to kick my top three off with number three, Piranha. Now, to my knowledge, I think this film has been remade twice. But yeah, we're talking about the 1978 one. The one produced by Roger Corman and directed by Joe Dante. Yes. Now, this is pretty much a Jaws knockoff. <laughs> Instead of jo- sharks, you have piranhas. Yeah, piranhas are vicious little fucks, too. <laughs> yeah, and I just saw another film with piranhas in the title, which I'll talk about later at the end. I was going to ask you what's one of your uh, favorite uh, scenes in Piranha. Probably the resort massacre mm. at the end. You know, I, I, I since, since we're like in the, um, it's July, so it's fucking hot as hell here. I'm actually going to go back and watch Piranha because it's been a while since I've seen that movie. But go ahead, continue. The film features legendary Italian horror actress Barbara Steele. The late Kevin McCarthy, the late Paul Battelle, the late Keenan Wynn, and the late Dick Miller. Hmm. This has a lot of character actors in it. Notable yeah, it ones. Does. That's one of the charms about this film. You know these actors. They're that guy or that woman. One so, of the things that, Okay. Yeah, no, go ahead. I was saying it is a really good movie and um it was different. Like, I did think it was going to, you know, you do think of it as a, a Jaws ripoff, but um, it's very unique in its own way. Yeah, this is what Roger Corman did a lot with some of his films. Knock off some of these big-budget films. The film has a very good screenplay from John Sayles, as he does a great job making sure the action moves at a very good pace, while also providing context to how these piranhas came to be. It also has some good tense moments, including the blood of one of the dead characters' body attracts the piranhas to separate the log raft. I thought that was a very well-executed suspenseful scene. Mm. Dante does a very good job getting the performances he needs. Plus, it has some great gore in it, including the last third of this film. That's where it also has its best tense moments as well. It also has one of Dick Miller's best performances. If you don't know who Dick Miller is, think of Gremlins in the Futtermans. He plays slimy resort owner Buck Garner in this film. And man, he's one of those characters you hate. 
fuck. Just so slimy. Tries to downplay everything. Yeah. It's a very fun summer horror film. Yeah, it is a, that is a really good um, summer horror film. You're right. Um, we'll go into my number three. Are you, are you finished, Anthony? Yes. All right, let's go my, to my number three. And I'm going to take you to 1983. And we're going to go to the well-known slasher Sleepaway Camp. Phenomenal movie. Um, I, I'm pretty sure everybody has seen Sleepaway Camp. Um, it's so I did uh, a while ago, like back in 2018, I did uh, an episode on one of my old podcasts and we um, did comparisons between Friday the 13th and Sleepaway Camp, which they're very similar movies. Um, I like Sleepaway Camp more than the original Friday the 13th. I'm not an original Friday the 13th fan. I, I mean, I think it's a good movie. It's fun, but I don't, I don't like it compared to other ones, but um, Sleepaway Camp's awesome. It has... A lot of unique kills. Alyssa Rose is she's great. Jonathan Tierston, he's he's awesome too. I like the uh, I like the whole story. You know, they they go away for summer camp and stuff starts happening and these murders start happening and the uh, the camp counselor, or uh, no, the guy that owns the camp, not the camp counselor. Sorry, he owns the camp. He starts to uh tries to cover him up. You know, he don't want to let the parents know. He can't let the parents know. So uh, I don't. Know. It's a really good movie. Every time, every I mean, I watch it year round, but definitely revisited it a lot in the summertime you um you a fan of the sleepaway camp it's a good film yeah it took a while for me to like it because it was so weird but for some yeah. reason this one felt weird with the whole thing with the step with the mother and yeah, it definitely the ending had a, uh, of this film yeah it definitely had a weird storyline to it uh it was it's very fun it's, it's like it's like a playful movie it's got a lot going on and it's cool I think it was ahead of its time. Yeah, I think you're right too. Um, you know, it it just really shows you like um, you know, that that feeling of, you know, kids going to summer camp and these other people just having to watch the kids. Like that just I'm a parent, so like stuff like that would make me nervous like having someone else like be in charge of my kids. So like that's kind of a, gives me a little like wary feel. But yeah, that was my number 3. That's a really good film. Um, I, I do, I do agree. It was uh, with you when you say it was ahead of its time. Um, but yeah, what do you got for number two? My number two is The Lost Boys. Mm, such a good movie. I would put it up there as one of the greatest vampire films ever made. Oh, you have to agree. Oh, I don't know if I agree with that. It's a great movie, but very I don't know gothic. It is very gothic. Very, very if it's that, it does that very well, and that's one of the criteria I look for in great vampire films. It has to be very gothic. You yes. do have a romantic relationship, which is also good in it. That's that's on the checklist of a vampire. Plus, film. you also got your little humor in as well with the kids. Hmm. But one yeah, of the, okay. one of the things it does very well is keeps this tone very dark. Even though you have humor in it, it keeps driving this tone throughout. Whether it's the day scenes or the night scenes, it just keeps giving you this feel that there's darkness around. It has great direction from the late Joe Schumacher. Whether it's the scenes with the family to the action Everything is done in a way that keeps my interest and moves along the story. That's another thing that why, is the reason why I would call this one of the greatest vampire films ever made. 
I, um, just like Piranha, this is another film that I have to go back. I haven't seen in a, in a couple years. Yeah, um, I, I haven't seen this for like years until we came yeah. up with summer movies. Yeah, this is what, yeah, this is good. This is, um, this is why this is fun doing stuff like this because, uh, someone brings up a movie that you haven't seen in a while and you go back and watch it. But yeah, I definitely want to go back and watch that. It's been a while. Plus this movie sets its tone very early when the vampires kill a security guard at the beginning you get that that's very scary you get that scary scene where sam's mom is being chased by a rabid dog or (laughs) any of the action in the third act everything is done great this film also has a great cast too including the late Corey hames Corey Feldman, Jason Patrick's, Kiefer Sutherland, Alex Winter, and well-known character actors Diana Weist and the late Edward Herman. And another thing that also I think makes this one of my favorite vampire films of all time was that twist at the end. Mm. You're leading to believe that Kiefer Sutherland's the main bad guy in this film. Even though maybe you get hints of that twist coming. Yeah. But I really loved Edward Herman's character in this film. He's the type of guy you probably would want as a father figure. Yeah. And he's the main villain in this film. He's (laughs) the main vampire. Yeah. Which really, when I saw it the first time, shocked me. It's strange, but it works because... You're not expecting it. Yeah. You're expecting all along that Kiefer Sutherland is the main villain in this film. Yeah. And I think Edward Herman plays the character very well to the point that he's so likable that he can't be the bad guy. That's what, um, that's what makes, uh, certain films great when they have that unexpected twist that you didn't see coming. And you're sitting there, you're like, holy shit. Like, really? And... I think that's awesome. Yeah, that's what I like. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I think that's, I think gets lost in the shuffle of this film. The fact mm-hmm. that it has a great twist. And it also has probably one of the most iconic horror songs ever, Cry Little Sister. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. You can identify, there are a few songs you can identify a song with a movie. Off of a few notes. That's one of them. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I definitely want to go back and watch The Lost Boys. It's been so long, and I feel lost. Conversation a little bit, because I haven't seen it in so long. I'm trying to picture it all in my head, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he's, yeah, that did happen, and uh, it's, been, it's been a while. I'm about to throw everybody for a loop right here. So my number two is a movie that came out in 2018, and it is called Summer of 84. Um, I showed you this movie at my house when you came over one time. This movie is fucking great to me. I don't know what, when I watched this movie, okay, and you know this, this, you know, it's not one of my favorite horror movies of all time, but it's really, it's one of my favorite summer horror films, and it, it hits all the, um, all the right notes. So when you're watching it, you, um, it, it tells, first of all, it tells a good story. Um, it's about a group of kids. Their neighbor is a serial killer, but they um, they don't really know that, and they 
they go investigate as they play like their um you know games with the kids in the neighborhood and like when they play manhunt um you know just doing kids stuff and every each kid has his own kind of background story and there's a like a there's a lot of good gore scenes in it um i think the storyline is what really makes the fucking movie amazing it's just a very safe everybody knows each other kind of neighborhood and this guy that's just been killing people for a few years he just lives next door he's just the guy next door that they deliver papers to and they walk out and they talk to and they help him do stuff in the yard and stuff like that so it gives you like it gives you that creepy fact you know the kids are just around this person and they have no idea you know what's going on with them until they start to uh investigate what would you think when you've seen it it's a very good film. Mm. I enjoyed yeah. it a lot. It's not something I would say I need to own right yeah. away. Because I do have the original copy of it when it was a MOT, a made-on-demand. It's not yep. something I'll go rebuy on VS website I just... for sure. Yeah, I just, I just absolutely loved it. There was just so much about it that um, I liked, and like you know, even like when you, when I was a little kid, I'd go out and play manhunt with all my friends, so it was relatable. But also, way. it's a film I don't want to see a sequel for. Which I've been hearing, you know, rumors that we are going to get one. You don't need a sequel. Would it be perfect if you just had this kid just fear? And we're going to spoil the ending here. Look over his shoulder for the rest of his life. Yeah, that was, um, I thought that was a fucking great ending. He takes him out, spoiler in three, two, one now. Um, he takes him out into this, uh, wooded area. And, um, it's like, it, it, it actually looked like a little island or something like that. It was like, um, so that he takes him out there and, um, he plays you know, like a game of manhunt with him. He's like, you guys go hide and I'm going to find, uh, I'm going to go to find. So when they try to go back to the car, he ends up killing um, his best friend. And then he finally gets him and you're like, oh, he's going to die too. This is crazy because no one's going to come save him. And he doesn't kill him. And you're like, okay. And he's like, if I killed you now, it would, it would be too easy for you. He's like, you ruined my life. He's like, I want to make you have to watch over your shoulder for every single day for the rest of your life and I, it, that's just how it ended it was um it was great great ending yeah it's a great ending you do not need to touch it yeah well, and what would you even do summer of whatever Mackie 90 Re yeah summer of 90 Mackie returns I don't I don't know this... probably definitely movies you can leave alone yeah yeah leave alone and never touch it so, yes. um, what is your number one? The big, the big, the big one. My number one is one of those films they never can seem to touch due to mm. legal rights. Ooh. This film is in a franchise where it's still stuck in legal hell. Okay. And I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Friday the 13th. 
Yep. We still haven't got a new Friday the Thirteenth film yet, and it's, it's been, been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Is right. It's been, it's been a. I don't know how long we'll be before we get another one. It could Probably be another two years. It could be another ten years. <laughs> Eventually, one day, one day we will get one. Once they get rid of this stupid fucking legal mess. Jeez, I know. Just fucking sell it to Blumhouse and split the fucking money. There you go. Fuck's sake. Look at what Clive Barker did with Hellraiser. He instantly worked with both partners who were trying to make Hellraiser movies. Instead of trying to do this thing where everything has to be fought through lawyers. Yeah, it's been going on for so long. And at this point, I'm just fucking over it. (laughs) I'm fucking over it. We need a new Friday the 13th movie. Yeah, we need that. We also need a new Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Even though Jason Blum thinks he can get Robert England to play Freddy Krueger one more time. And if anybody can do it, it's fucking Jason Blum. Yeah, of course it's Jason Blum. He does everything. That guy's fucking, he's a magician. What does he do? Give him millions to play? He's like, <laughs> he goes, gets John Carpenter back to do the score for the Halloween franchise. Like, John, yeah, well, we're gonna redo Halloween. You in? Sign the check. Man. Bob, just sure do the gets- score. Yeah, I'm sure he'll get the, um, he'll get Robert England to do Nightmare. Jamie Lee Curtis, are you in? Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah. Let me give Jamie a call. Hey, Jamie, we're doing a, a, a trilogy of Halloween. Are you in? Sign the check. Don't forget Alan Bernstein. Yeah. Oh, for the new, yeah, that's right. You want in on The Exorcist? Yeah. Sign me the I, check. I, <laughs> you want it on the exorcist? Sign the check. I even heard rumors of Linda Blair coming back in the second one. It's crazy. Linda Blair, you want it on this trilogy? Sign the fucking check. Yeah, sign the check to everybody. Sign the check. Everybody's getting money here. I'm surprised Jason Mon hasn't signed a check to Danielle Harris yet. I <laughs> know. To do a uh, Jamie Lloyd trilogy. I'm waiting for this. Ready? This is what I'm waiting for. And um, the the whole Friday the Thirteenth thing gets figured out, and it comes Jason Blum out of his apartment. Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder, yes. <laughs> I think I actually mentioned that too. <laughs> Kane, sign the fucking check. <laughs> when I was uh, talking about Robert England. Yeah. That's because that's the thing I thought about when Jason Blum wants to make Friday the 13th. He'll probably go to Kane Hodder. Yeah. This guy's like got the horror world by its He balls. also got Nick Castle to come back too. Yeah, that's right. The original sheet. Hey, Nick, you want to come back? Fuck. <laughs> Jason can do everything. That's and why he's is... the most talked about topic on my podcast. My other podcast. Guy can do it all, man. He's a fucking genius. Yeah. Fucking A. But back to the original Friday the 13th. Not the (laughs) remake. Where Jason smokes the weed. (laughs) Jason's high. That was the remake version of it. 
This one had Jason for only like two seconds. Yeah, Ari Jason. Ari Lehman played Jason in the original. Now, Little Jason. The reason why Friday the 13th is my favorite summer film is the fact that it builds tension throughout the film. Like in the old school, late 70s, early 80s, where tension-based horror films were made. Hmm. It has a great opening scene with two camp counselors getting murdered to set the tone for this film. The screenplay writer, Victor Miller, does a great job with his screenplay. Yeah. Because this film could have gone south. In a hurry. Oh, yeah, very easy. Yeah. But one of the great things he does is he doesn't show you the killer until the very end of this film. You're sitting there thinking maybe it's one of the camp counselors that's killing all these people. Yep. And that maybe it's like some sort of sister or brother of a murdered kid from the camp in the past. The, um, I, I love, I love Friday the 13th whole series, but I, I'm not, I, I've always said it and, um, you know, I, I stick to my guns on this one is that, um, I don't like the original Friday the 13th. I, I like all the actors and the actresses in it. I think it's a really good movie. I just think when it comes, if, if I'm look the way I look at it in the perspective of a, um, like all the Friday the Thirteenth films, it's it it falls short compared to the other ones. I think it's because it has a different tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely what it is. It's it's not that I hate it and I'm like it's the fucking worst movie ever. It's not. It's it's it's, it's a good movie. I'm just I compare it to like Friday the Thirteenth and how I don't like it compared to others. And there and there is other movies that I like more than the original Friday the 13th, but Friday the 13th is a good movie. But I don't think it's the best... It's by far not the best in the series. Yeah. Another thing that makes the screenplay great is you don't see the killer until there's one character left. Yeah. Which really makes it very good. Because at this point, you don't know what the fuck's going on. Right. And we never see this character in any of the scenes in this film until the end of this film. And Mrs. Voorhees is the character. Yeah. Played very well by Betsy Palmer. Yeah, she's amazing. She really does a great job balancing this nice person with a demented mind about her son. And I also like the how she and Adriana King interacted well with each other. I yeah. also get to meet two of the characters, two of the actresses from this film as well, a couple conventions. Yeah. Uh, Adriana King, I was at Rock and Shock one year. Yeah, I think we met her together at Rock and Shock. Yeah. yeah. And I think Janine Taylor was the other one. Um, at the Outdoor Monster Mania show? Oh, yeah, the one we went to last year. Oh, was it Was it last year? Yeah, it was last yeah. year, yes. The one we went to last year, yeah. Yeah, when they had this nice outdoor show in Oates, Pennsylvania. Yeah, the middle of nowhere, Amish town. That's another story for another time. <laughs> Alright, so my number one 
I don't think this is a hard one for you to guess, Anthony. Um, it's it's tied for one of my favorite horror films ever. Um, I love this movie a lot. I love this movie for many reasons. Okay, and the movie that I'm talking about is 1974, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's a movie that I don't, I don't really have to get into the nitty-gritty with it, so I'm going to tell you why I love this movie so much. Um, fuck, dude, where to start? This is, um, this is like, tied for my favorite horror films of all times, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre. When I watched this movie, okay, even when I watched this, the original, I watched the 2000, um, three remake i get the same feel that i watch this movie and i get so disgusted how you know it's hot it's in it's in august you know like it's it's funny so call me fucking crazy but when i'm watching this film i can it's like my senses kick in so much that I can almost feel the heat and I can, you know, when they see like when they're in the house and how maybe how that house might smell and all my senses start to kick in. That's what made Texas Chainsaw Massacre so fucking amazing is you want to just like go take a fucking shower after watching it. It's like, oh, it's fucking 100 degrees outside, they're sweating, and there's all this fucking rotten shit going on, it's fucking dirty and filthy, and there's, it's awesome, I fucking absolutely love that movie, and, um, I don't know if we talked about this on the last episode, which I think we did, um, I think Netflix is doing two more, uh, but anyway. Don't mention it, please, (laughs) do not mention it. Whatever, um. I think the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and the beginning are the best three in the whole franchise. Um, those are fucking amazing, outstanding. Especially, I, I have a very love, strong bond with, um, a strong, loving bond with uh, the 2003 remake. It's That movie is just... You know, I, I think it does some stuff that the original didn't do it's way more gory that's for sure but yeah um texas chainsaw massacre man how do you feel about it it's a very iconic film very good it's very gritty yes i like the fact that this film does a very good job in really making sure that this doesn't let up in terms of grittiness and shockingness. And the only the only thing different between because I, I like to go back and um compare the um the O three remake and the the original. And one one big thing to compare is the um the aggression of Leatherface. Um, in the remake in '03, it's very he, he's very aggressive, and in the original, I mean, what, while he is aggressive, but he's kind of like this shy person that you know he's 
he, he comes off more shy than he does in the 2003 remake. Yeah, also in the, I believe the 03 remake, the makeup of the family's different, too. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, the grandpa in the original, played by uh, uh, John Dugan, um, was great. I like when they uh, puts the, the he has a little sledgehammer, he's trying to fucking split Sally's head open in the fucking bucket. And like uh, keeps missing. <laughs> the hitchhike is a fucking great character. Um, yeah, and, and then then you have Franklin, and then you just like, how fucking annoying is Franklin, huh? Yeah, Fuck. probably one of the worst annoying characters ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's gonna go down and um. And sadly, this fucking... franchise has two annoying characters. Yeah. Franklin. Count Franklin. And one of the lead actresses in the remake, the recent remake. Oh, the uh, the influencer girl there, right? Yes. Yeah, she is fucking annoying. I, I do agree. That's trying to buy the whole town, sell the whole town yeah. to people. Uh, I think at because at the end of the um the Netflix one that just came out, he walks back to the um, which looks like his home. And I wonder if that's going to take place there. I guess. It has to. I guess. Like, wh- what are they going to do? This dude just fucking killed everybody besides the um that uh annoying girl's sister there, which I don't remember her name. The better, the less we know about this film, the better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, at a recent convention, um, last year? Was it last year? No, earlier this year. I'm sorry. Earlier this year, not last year. I met um, Andrew Barninski. Uh, he was fucking. He was a cool, fun guy. Played a uh, Leatherface in the remake. He was. He was awesome. He was fun to meet. He has a um, behind his table. He goes. <laughs> so so I got. Uh, I'm meeting him and I'm talking to him. And uh, he goes, "Do me." <laughs> He's like this big biker-looking dude. So he goes, "Do me a favor." I'm like, "Yeah, what's up? What's up?" He's like, "Go behind my table." I'm like, "All right." He's like, give me that fucking chainsaw. <laughs> so I go behind the chain, uh, the table, and I get the chainsaw. I'm like, oh, this is fucking pretty awesome. It's just, it was just like a prop, but it's, it's pretty cool. He's like, you want to hold it? I'm like, yeah, fuck, I guess so. I'll hold it for a bit, and we we ended up taking some pictures together and stuff. It was cool. He was a cool guy, very aggressive guy. So Anthony, how are we gonna take all these lovely people listening out? What have we been watching lately? Yeah, let's uh. Haven't been watching anything to be honest. I've I've been so busy that um I've got to do my um my film stuff and getting stuff ready for this thing I have coming up. Uh, I uh would you would you bring up last time you were, you were here recently? Trying to think. Theater Bazaar, I think. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Theater Bazaar. Uh, fucking odd movie that was. I think that's I, well, it lived up to his title. Yeah, it's definitely bizarre. Yeah, I think that's the only um movie that I've seen. I liked it. There were certain parts I didn't like, yeah. but I loved the wraparound segment. That was good. Yeah. Are you sure it was the Theater Bazaar that we watched recently? I think it was. I don't know. Hold yeah, on. I think. Yeah, give me one second, because I don't think that was the movie. I know, no. we watched it recently. We watched Edge of the Axe. <laughs> Edge of the Axe, yes, that's the one, yeah, that too. 
That fucking movie was bonkers. Oh yeah. <laughs> what the fuck was? I get so so every time. So just to uh, kind of get people like to understand what we're talking about. So you know, Anthony comes over like all the time, and we we watch films and stuff. So he'll message me on Facebook. He's like, "What do you want me to bring up?" And I always, you know, respond with the question, "Do you got anything new?" And you know, he sends me whatever he got he got new, or if I just pick a topic, whatever he'll send me, you know, a few different films. So I was like, "Oh, let's just watch a slasher." I'm in the mood to watch a good slasher. So he sends me um a few a few trailers to a different slashes, and I'm, and I'm watching this trailer for um The Edge of the Axe, and I'm like, "All right, well, that looks fucking pretty good. It looks fun." I was like, "Bring that." Fine, he brings it, and we watch it, and we're like. Was that the first time you ever watched that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we're looking at each other and we're like, "What the fuck was that?" And this is coming what? from a guy who directed one of the greatest vampire films ever, Vampires. Oh my goodness, that movie was terrible. That was uh, that would have been a good um. Good movie to put under the guilty pleasure fucking category. We did yeah, this is near his, the end of his career. Yeah, that was not good. It was weird. Like, even the, the mask, the killer war in the movie was weird. Uh, I don't know. The I original cover art is weird. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of weirdness going on in that movie. Like, there's one part I'm sitting there, and the, the, uh, the killer, he, he has his axe, and he just starts chopping this girl up with it. But he's, like, hitting her with the axe, and you, like, you know, the axe would sink in and then come out, and, you know, there'd be blood, and she'd have cuts into her body. And he's just whacking her with this axe, and nothing's happening. She like, is. Yeah, yeah. She's, like, she's starting to die. Spoiler. Yeah, she's starting to die, but, like, it's not doing what you think an axe would do, which would, you know, chop limbs off and really do some damage to you. It wasn't doing that, so... I don't know what the fuck we watch, but it was something. Well, I, I like the director. I thought it would be a good film. Yeah. Well, I was kind of surprised it was so... Then we were getting so. towards the end of his career. That's usually what happens to directors at the end of their careers. I just thought it was hilarious when we both looked at each other and we were like, what the fuck is this? And, yeah. That was good. But that's the only thing I've really been watching besides I've been too fucking busy, really, to do anything. I've been, you know, preparing for this and this, and I have so much stuff on my plate. It's fucking crazy. I've watched a couple of films, actually. Oh, nice. First, Morbius, finally. Fuck that movie. <laughs> that's the sixth one-star film I've seen all year. That was so horrible. Nothing in this film was good. Everything was one note. So dull. And you only get Michael Keane for two seconds. That not help neither as Vulture. It's like, what the fuck? And, and they teased him in the trailer being in this film. He's only in there for like, what? A two second cameo. I didn't even see the movie. It's real. It's bad. Oh. Then again, it's a Sony film. I decided to rent it, thankfully, instead of buying it. 
because I heard it's abysmal, and yes, it's abysmal. It's one of the worst films I've seen all year. I can't believe yeah. they would screw up a Marvel film, but then again, it's Sony. You never know what you'll get with Sony. But I'm lucky I'm getting good Venom films. Because after reading the reviews of the first Venom, I, I thought that was going to be bad, but that turned out to be a good film. But Morbius was just flat-out awful. Also, yeah. I watched Fred Olin Ray's latest film. Now, he's in well-known direct-to-video exploitation horror director from the 80s. He's done such films as Evil Tunes. Let me just grab his filmography. Evil Spawn, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, to name a few. He had recently had a new film called Piranha Women, which recently came out on Full Moon streaming service. And I was surprised it was actually a good film. Seriously. I was expecting a cheesy film, but I was surprised that it had a more serious tone to a film that didn't deserve to have a serious tone, but it's welcomed mm. if, if to have a serious tone. Yeah, definitely. The only thing I hated about it is they divided the film into two parts, which seems to be everything that Full Moon does every now with the streaming service. Just to keep everybody subscribing, I guess. I but definitely check I that out. That is a great service. You also should check out Charles Spann's new podcast, too. Oh, he has a new podcast? Yes. He's already interviewed John Carpenter, John Logan, Tom Savini, Kane oh. Hodder, and Bill Mosley. Nice. Did you ever hear um Doug Bradley's podcast there? Ah, uh, no. It's really good. Yeah, one of the reasons why I check that out is usually because there's a video podcast on the streaming service. Yeah, he does his on Twitch or and YouTube. It's uh, can't the, the name's not coming to me, but he had um Corey Taylor on. He does a lot of guests too as well. Mm. It's fun stuff. And another film that people should check out is an 80s psychological thriller called The Stepfather. Now, this is a film I saw on The Last Drive-In. Saw this film for the first time. It's a great film. It stars Terry O'Quinn from Lost and Jill Schroden. From, she's been in such films as Popcorn, Cutting Class. That, yeah, it's a very good movie. Definitely check that film out. But also definitely yeah. check out The Stepfather. It's a great psychological horror film. It just has a great lead performance from Terry O'Quinn. It's one of those films where it's performance-driven. It's definitely worth checking out. I liked it so much that I brought the Blu-ray afterwards seeing this film because this is a film I want in my library. And I also have the sequel, which I'll get to eventually on DVD. Let's, <laughs> um, people that stuck around and listened this far, um, 
want to take them out, Anthony, and tell them what we're thinking for next month? Next month, right now, where it's to be determined. Yeah. Um, we're work. I'm working on something. Yeah, we're working on a little special something, something, and um, so we don't want to give any spoilers away. So, so next month's episode is going to be a surprise. It could be in the top three. It could be an interview. It could be totally something different. Yeah. So, um, just quickly want to say thanks to everybody who's been listening and um, reaching out. And asking about the show, it means a lot. And, um, yeah. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and Instagram at Two From Hell Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast over at Two From Hell Movie Podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. With that, want to leave us out, Andrew? All right, thank you guys for tuning in, and um, see you guys soon. Have a good day.